welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Vacaville, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We are so glad and honored that you would join us today, and we pray that this message you're listening to is a blessing to your day. We want to invite you to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service times. We hope to see you at a service or a special event sometime soon. But I've come, I've come today, I believe in the, in the will and the authority of God's word to cut the bindings off of your mind through God's word and liberate you from from damage that's passed down from generation to generation in your own mind. In other words, I've come to curse your curse. And I've come to speak against what has been spoken against you. Because if you leave here without dancing, but you leave here free, I think that's a great thing. And you may leave here without, you know, something miraculous happening in your physical body. But if God liberates our, our understanding and our thinking, I believe that would be in the will of God. Yes. Something triggered this in me a few weeks ago. I read, a psychologist wrote and said, and I know you're standing, I only have one very short verse to read, so it won't be that long. But a psychologist wrote and said that we have discovered that there are only three natural fears for an infant. Three natural fears that a child has before the age of 18 months to two years. And those three natural fears are loud noises, falling, and being abandoned or left alone. Those are the three natural fears that we are born with, loud noises, falling and the feeling of being alone the fear of being left alone that tells me that every other fear we have in our life is learned we'll say that again every other fear outside those three are learned fears whether rational or irrational amen and so I want the Lord to touch our mind today touch our mind today and for some of us God may have to undo generations generations of corrupt thinking and constant cursing and I don't just mean the foul words I mean the death sentence of your future Proverbs 23 and 7 our text and it says this for as he thinketh in his heart so is he eat and drink saith he to thee but his heart is not with thee his heart is not with thee for as he thinketh in his heart look at those three words so is he now when they talk about the mind it's not as much the brain as it is the center of consciousness. So what you think in the core of your conscience, the word of God says, whatever you think you are. And so if that's true, and I believe it is, 
then I believe we need to get the power of our thinking right so we can become what he wants us to be. You can't build a building on a corrupt foundation. And I'm just praying, Lord, if you need to excavate some junk to pour in a solid foundation, that's what I want from the Lord. Amen. I want to preach to you. I want to talk to you today on the power of a thought. The power of a thought. Amen. And, and, and I haven't come to wax eloquent today. I'm not, I'm not trying to get in some record book of a great message. I just want to share with you something from the Word of God that I believe His Word can change us and even the way we think at our center of consciousness. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for your Word. Thank you for your presence, for your glory, for your anointing. Lord, I pray that you would open our understanding today, God. Give us, Lord, insight to your ways and your will. God, I pray that you would touch every mind. I pray over every mind in this place. I plead the blood of Christ over every mind in this place. Open our understanding, oh God, as you set with the disciples and open their understanding. Would you open my understanding today, God? I want to be what you've called me to be, Lord. I pray that people leave here with a new understanding, God. I pray, Lord, that everything that's been spoken against them would be broken. And, Lord, it would be replaced with right thoughts in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Can we thank the Lord one more time today? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 God bless you. You can be seated. Look at somebody and tell them, free your mind. I was talking to some young men the other day about the power of a thought. Sometime, just I say the other day, it was probably a few weeks ago. And how I evolved in talking to them began to develop into me about the power of a thought. And I was talking with them simply uh, really about corporations. And uh, I said to them, you know, a corporation is not a building. Corporation is not a building. Um, IBM can move to another building and there's still IBM. Apple can move to another building and it's still Apple. Google can move to another facility and it's still Google. The building is not what makes them. It's the thought of what they are. And the founder and the president of that company can die and they will still exist. So if a corporation is not a building and it's not a person, the third thing it is not, it's really not even a product. You see, it's not a product because it can still exist without a product. How many things still exist in our mind today that have long since went out of circulation. It can change from one product to another product and still continue to exist. So if it's not a product, it's not a person, it's not a premise, it's not a property, then what is a corporation? Literally, and I'm, I'm, I'm starting on this level, then what is a corporation? It's a thought. It's a thought. A corporation is so real that if I set up 
a corporation and you enter into that corporation with me, the very fact that I set up a corporation means that you can't sue me. You have to sue the corporation because the corporation is the entity unto itself. But a corporation is not physical. It's a thought. You with me so far? Because it's, a, it's really a thought. Amen. And then I took it a step further and I began to think. You know, first church is not a building. We've left buildings before. But we didn't leave the church behind. The church, first church, is not defined by a building or an address. We've still got old literature with previous addresses on them. But the church is still here, and the church is still on the move. So if, if the church is not defined by a building, and the church is not a building, then I can also say that first church is not a man. Because I'm not first church. I'm just blessed to be the shepherd of first church. And so if I die, this church is going to continue on. If something happens to me, if, if a, a big old sack of money falls out of an airplane and hits me in the head and kills me, split it with my wife, the church is still going to continue because the church, this church, is not a location. This church is not a building. And this church is not a man. This church is a thought. It's an idea. It's a conviction is what we are. I, I can even take it a step further. Now, I, I need you to just hold on to me for a minute. I, I can take it a step further. For the last 300 years, if you were to imagine yourself to go back 300 years from right now, you would be in about the 1700s or so. How many things in your life would disappear if you went back 300 years? Most of us wouldn't survive. That's why 300 years ago, you were old at 45. Now, easily people are living past that mark, almost double that mark. How many things would disappear in your life? Well, your car is gone. Your entertainment is gone. Virtually all of your entertainment has gone. Television, phone, computer, iPad, laptop, cell phone, refrigerator, Microwave, y'all women, AC's gone. Heat's gone. Your mattress is gone. Your mattress is gone. We said, well, mine's a duck feathers mattress. Not like it was 300 years ago. Mine's gone because, bless God, I got a sleep number bed and that thing's gone. My wife said, I don't know why you got a sleep number bed. My number's 100. She said, y'all be sleeping on bricks. Microwaves are gone. Ovens and stoves, as you know it, as we're familiar with, are gone. How many of you ladies would like to wake up about 4.30 just so you can get the fire started for the oven to cook breakfast? Go out, milk the cow, get the eggs. Amen. It's all gone. Hey, your shoes are even gone. You don't even got shoes like this 300 years ago. Ladies, your purses are gone. All of us here wearing glasses, gone. 
They didn't have them like this. If I had some glasses 300 years ago, you wouldn't have wore them. You'd be walking into trees. They weren't that good. Clothing, as we know, it's gone. They didn't have polyester 300 years ago. Silk wool blends, gone. Bullion's gone. Money, as we know it now, gone. Somebody said, if I was uh, uh, listening to a podcast a, a couple years ago, and the guy said, if I got in a time machine, I would take $20,000 back 150 years. And I thought, you dummy, $20,000, that's worthless 150 years ago. They didn't have this kind of money. Look at all the stuff that would be gone. In, in 300 years, almost everything you call normal has happened in the last 300 years. Actually, you could say it's happened in the last 140 years. Everything that you call normal, which in the span of thousands of years of human existence is just a blip on the screen. We have technologically advanced at such a rapid pace. Why? Because men begin to think ideas. And when I say men, don't say, well, he's only talking about the males. I'm talking about humanity. I'm not going to qualify every time and go through all 682 made-up genders they have now. <laughs> I'm saying man as in humanity. Men begin to have ideas and concepts, creating fabrics, modernizing seeds, Instead of throwing away the oil that was bubbling to the surface in the swamps, they thought, maybe we ought to refine it like we do whiskey. And we can use that stuff. They called it kerosene. That's basically how they early day refined it. They used steels that they had made alcohol out of. And they began to burn it. It burned longer. It burned brighter. It burned cleaner. And they said, man, if it can make our, our lamps this bright... I wonder if we can't use the harness the power of that flame through water, channel it through pipes, and make an engine called a steam engine. Think about it. From a steam engine, we went to gasoline-powered engines. We went from just engines to jet planes. We have progressed. We have went forth. Nobody dropped a leaflet out of the sky or no one dug up a Rosetta Stone that said, this is how you do it. Thoughts begin to progress. If we can do this, then we can do that. Until finally, John F. Kennedy said, if we can do all these things, we can put a man on the moon. And we did. Or at least we built the nice studio for them to take the pictures in. <laughs> Whatever you believe, I'm here for you. Thoughts progress. I told you you're going to have to give me a little bit of runway today. Thoughts progress. We can't, and over the last 150 years, every time somebody said you can't, there was somebody else with a pen and a piece of paper that said, let me think about it. I think we can. 
They said, you can only build a building three stories tall in New York. Give them 50 years. They started going five stories. And then they started going eight stories. And then they started going 15 stories. Then they started going 30 stories and 70 stories and 80 stories and 100 stories high. Why? Because every time we thought we had hit the limits of our ability, somebody thought of a way to go around those limitations. I am telling you, a lot of us in this room are living in one-story houses because we have been told, and I don't mean that in the literal sense, I mean that in the pejorative or in the, uh, in the, uh, um, illustrative sense. You've been told you can only do this. You can only be that. You can only be like this. God can only bless you at that level. You can't be blessed above your grandparents. Look at your DNA. Look at your heritage. Look at your lineage. Look at your pedigree. Look at your educational background. Look at your bank account. Look at what you got, what you don't got. Amen. But the Holy Ghost wants to touch somebody in this place to say that God, if he has more for me, I can build more than one story. And they said, we, we can only have kerosene. Then, then uh, Nikola Tesla said, well, let's try it. I'm not giving it to Edison. He did some of it, but mainly Tesla came up with most of it. All you history buffs know I'm telling the truth. Edison got rich off of Tesla's. Well, I ain't getting into all that stuff. I'm not talking about the car. I'm talking about the scientist. For those that think I'm talking about a car, I'm talking about the scientist, Nikola Tesla. And every side there, time they said there's a limitation, they created a way around it. They were amazed when they could talk through a string, amazed, and 30 feet away, someone could hear them through a device. And somebody said, well, if we can do it 30 feet, we can do it 300 feet. And they went around all the physical limitations. And they said 300 feet is amazing but you'll never do it 300 feet. And they tried 300 feet and that worked. And they said, people said, you'll never get above 300 feet. This is amazing. One neighbor can connect to another. It doesn't need to get any better than that. They said, if we can go in 300 feet, I think we can go three miles. And if we can go three miles, we can go 30. If we can go 30, we can do 300. If we can do 300, we can do 3,000. If we can do 3,000, we can do 10,000. Till finally, said, we don't, somebody said, we don't even need the wires. We just need project vibrations. Then we have the airwaves. And every time somebody said it was limited to region, then somebody threw a satellite in space and said, let's bounce it off of that thing. That'll never happen. That's ridiculous. That's pot. And now that satellite, it is a whole lot easier and more convenient when you go to a restaurant for them to page you, send an electric signal up to a satellite that's orbiting tens of thousands of, of feet up in the air just to bounce that beam down and to hit that little pager while you're sitting 25 feet away from them. What I'm trying to introduce to you this afternoon is how many things is withheld from our lives because we limit God on what he can do because of the limitations that have been passed down to us. I told you I've come to curse the curse on you today. This may not be the most shouty thing you've ever heard, but, but I think if we can let God's spirit touch our mind and our understanding, we can leave here with a greater revelation of what God has for our life. And I mean far more than just better cars and better homes and better money. That, that's, that's, all, that's all a side issue. That's on the periphery. I'm talking about what God really wants to do in your life. Having a relationship with him. Being effective in the kingdom and in the world. I'm praying that God will set our mind, our spirit, and our 
attitude that when we step into the Awaken Conference, we don't step in there like paupers. We don't step in there like beggars. We don't step in there like we don't belong. But we walk in on Thursday night saying there is a prophetic word for me in this place that is going to change my life, change the life of my children, change the life of my grandchildren. And if the Lord tarries his coming, it'll change the lives of generations that come after me. Hey man, I, I, I didn't know, to be quite honest, I didn't know that, that I would share this today. Really, was uh, until this morning. I woke up early this morning just as the sun was coming up, and I reached over to my phone, and, and I, I turned off the feature that I think is probably one of the greatest features they've ever put on the phone. It's called Do Not Disturb. And when I turned off the Do Not Disturb, the first message that pops up on my phone, and I'm not going to share the details, but it was from Bishop Kinsey, and he had woke up early that morning in Florida, and he began to speak a prophecy over my life. And I read that, that this morning, and, and I could just feel the power and the presence of God. Amen. You say, well, what does that have to do with me? I'll tell you what it has to do with you, because if you will align yourself to the purpose and the plan and the will of God for your life and quit saying what God can't do and quit saying what you can't be and quit saying how you're limited because of backgrounds and economical opportunities because who you are and because of who you ain't. If you will just let God be God. If you will just open your understanding because as a man thinketh, so is he. One of the things that scares me most about our generation right now is that we are dumbing down everything. We've never had greater opportunities or access to knowledge and understanding. But never has so little been done with so much. We dumb everything down. Now we've got to dumb down the way we talk because it hurts people's feelings. You can't say God, you can't even say Merry Christmas to people. They, they, they freak out. I mean, you can't say postman. You can't even say a mom. The Congress removed mothers. So you can't say mothers. It offends people. You got to say birthing people. Last time I checked, only women gave birth. And every woman ought to be livid that some dingbat took that, possess that prized possession away from you. We're dumbing everything down. Universities become the biggest waste of money. People in over $100,000 worth of debt to get an advanced degree in finger painting. Degrees are becoming more worthless. Don't shout me down when I'm telling the truth now. We're not against it. Go to college. If you've got an idea of what you're going to be, you don't go to university to find yourself because all you're going to find is a lot of debt and they'll keep giving it to you. I mean, we got professional students. I know people have been in college 11 years, switched majors four times, still haven't graduated. Then they're going to graduate with a degree they don't really like, get mad that they're working at Starbucks. Nothing wrong with university if you know what you're going to do when you go in there. Amen? Because we got people that just keep lending you that money because they know they're going to get it from you one way or another. Here they come out and say, you know, make it free or, or whatever they want to do. And I'm not going to get to this neither here nor there. But, but the one thing they don't ever do is look at the professors and say, why don't we lower your salary a little bit? No, they want more, 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 more. We're dumbing everything down. We don't feed our minds anymore. Look at how dumb entertainment is now. 
You can go back to the 1920s, 1930s, 1940s. Amen. At least the stuff that they produced out of Hollywood then, at least they knew how to act, sing, and dance. Right. Now all they knew how to do now is put out a sex tape. That's all they know how to do. And we make them gods. We idolize them. We dumb everything down. We don't invigorate ourselves anymore. Amen. We, we, we dumb down. Even the music is dumbed down. There's no thought to it. It's auto-tune. You don't even have to know how to sing. Just sing and they'll make it sound good. Don't even sing words. Now they mumble. Y'all ain't hear me. You hear that? Now they mumble and groan and squeal and put in a bunch of computer noises, and that's supposed to. We don't invigorate ourselves anymore. It's gone down the drain. Amen. There, there's not even any hardly good, wholesome entertainment out there. All they do is make fun of the father, make fun of the man. All they do is denigrate the family unit that God has established. All they do is tear it down to the fact where now they've dumbed it down so much that our appetite has been dumbed down. And now we don't. Now there's not just. Now there's not TV, but there's reality TV. Where people just sit for hours and watch trashy people. Y'all hear me today? Is this okay? Hold on, it'll get worse. Hold on, I'm going to tell the truth today. So people who study the arts to dance, to do drama, to sing, to write poems. Amen. Now they're searching for a job while the Kardashians sit in front of a camera and act like human trash. And this generation can't get enough. They just can't get enough of that kind of filth and sewage. We got people in our generation who are famous for nothing, who are millionaires for nothing. TikTok famous because they ate a Tide Pod. Is this making sense? We've dumbed it down. Why have we dumbed it down? We've dumbed it down because the thinking in this generation has been dumbed down. The expectation of people has been dumbed down. They don't expect anything out of you no more. They don't expect you to be better. They don't expect you to save your money. They don't expect you to pay your bills. They don't expect you to be loyal to your family. They don't expect you to be faithful to your wife and faithful to your husband. They don't expect you to have morals and values. And we're just dumbing it down until everybody lives like a pack of animals but I'm not preaching to dummies today I'm preaching to people who say that I am a king and a priest in the kingdom of God he's called me to be more it's the is this all right today I told you I was a little apprehensive it's, it's the it, it, it's the dumbing down of ideas because when the ideas stop the economy stops creativity stops building stop corporations stop all stop because everything happens that's important to you between this year and that year and everything stops because this isn't doing it anymore and that isn't doing it anymore and our problem is what's between our ears we've allowed ourselves to dumb down our expectations people don't even expect to be healed anymore in church. People don't expect to be delivered anymore in church. They got more faith in 12-step programs and AA than they got in the cross of Jesus Christ. They got more confidence in a doctor than they've got in Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, lift your expectations. There's power in your thought. As a man thinketh, so is he. And Hosea, the Lord said, my people are destroyed. For a lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. The prophet declared and said this. 
He said in the end times, and I'm paraphrasing, amen, he didn't say there would be a lack of the word. He said there would be a lack of appetite for the word. We're building bigger churches than we've ever built, been built that are built on less and less and less of the word of God. They're built on the personalities of men. They're built on the talent of the platform. They're built, they're built on their ability to homogenize with sin in the world. But God is still calling his church to be a chosen people, to be a royal priesthood, to be a chosen generation. Hallelujah. What, what if I told you today? Is this okay today? I'm coming at this a little different. I'm just more like a Wednesday night Bible study thing. I'm coming at it a little different. I, I, I come to mess with that noodle today. You are today, let's be honest. Most of us are today what we've been told we could be. That's why we got to be careful how we speak to our children. Because we curse our children before we ever give them a chance to thrive. We clip their wings before we ever let them leave the nest because we didn't do it. We, we put it on them that they can do it. Amen. That doesn't say you, you've got to give them pie in the sky and just say, well, if you want to fly off a mountain, you just go right ahead. I believe in you. If Peter Pan can fly, you can fly. Think positive thoughts and jump. I'm not talking about being ridiculous. But just because your parents talk to you that way doesn't mean we got to talk to your kids that way. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. Somebody said, well, I, I, what's this got to do? I've been in the Word the whole time. I, I, want, I want my daughter to far exceed in every way. We got to be, we, well, you, you can't, you can't, you can't. And pass down those things and I can't, you can't even really blame your parents for it because it was what was said to them. Because it was what their parents said to them and their parents said to them until all of a sudden failure becomes part of your DNA. Mediocrity becomes part of who you are. Just settling for it. Being a perpetual victim. Because society says you're a victim. God doesn't call me a victim. God calls me a victor. God calls me an overcomer. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And if God has spoken a thing in your life, can't nobody, did you hear what I said? If God has spoken a thing in your life, nobody can stop it. Your boss can't stop it. Your family can't stop it. The only person that can stop it is you. If you've got doubt or you derail the plan of God in your, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Some of you need to resurrect the promises up off the altar. Some of you need to resurrect the blessing and the calling of God in your life. Yes, God can if God spoke it, God will do it. Amen. This isn't my forte, so bear with me. What if I were to tell you that you're really one thought away from a great reformation in your life? Oh, I could tell you, and, and we do this in church, we churchify. You're just one shout away. <laughs> And I believe there's a time to shout. Now, we do that around here. 
You're just, if you just scream a little bit louder. Ah! I about scream my lungs out. But then I walk out and I still got the same stinking thinking that I had when I walked in. I'm not even talking about sinful thinking. I'm not talking about dirty thinking. I'm talking about stinking thinking. The thinking I've let people speak into my life. The thinking I've let society say I can't be. The thinking I've let people around me that I put in around my life. The people that I put a lot of confidence in what they have to say. If they don't have your best interest in mind, they're going to put cuffs on you like they put cuffs on themselves. You better listen to what God says and let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What, what if, I, I'm going to say it again. What if I were to tell you you're one thought away from a great reformation in your life? You are one thought away from being delivered from that addiction. You are one thought away from that breakthrough. And, and, and listen, I feel like I didn't qualify. Some of you go, oh, pastor's getting on the power of positive thinking. You have already missed it. You have already checked out. I'm talking about one thought away from having faith that God will do what he said he would do. What if you were one thought? I'm preaching on the power of a thought what if you are one thought away from believing that everything God has promised over you and your family will come to pass you're one thought away you could be one thought away from being an overcomer one thought away from victory rather than defeat one thought away from healing instead of sickness let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You, you realize our society, we're only one thought away from a cure from AIDS, for a cure from, for cancer. Every time they said you can't, somebody thought away around it and said we can't. If it's that powerful in the physical, how much more powerful is the thought of a Holy Ghost-filled child of God? Because when, you, when, when you're sowing into the kingdom, and listen, I'm, I'm not talking about sowing as in asking God to give you money. I mean, really, what is money? Somebody can throw you money. If you don't know what to do with it, you'll be broke tomorrow. The old Chinese Proverbs, good, says, give a man a fish, he'll eat a day. Teach a man to fish, he'll eat for a lifetime. Some of you praying for the wrong thing. You're praying for money. Money's your problem. You haven't learned to handle it yet. You need to pray for the wisdom to handle money. This all right. I know I'm stepping on this is Brother Chase's territory over here and his financial freedom stuff. Hey Amen. We got people praying, Lord, if you just pay my bill, Lord, if you just give me a raise, God gonna give you a raise so you can go on more debt, keep squandering your money, and get just just become broker at a higher level. God just raised my credit score. Oh, raise my heart. So, so somebody asking a prayer request for the credit score. I thought, raise your credit score, praying for God to raise why? So you can get more credit card, get in more debt. You see, you're praying for a you're praying for a help for your symptom, and you're not praying for a cure for what the cause is. You see, you think that that money is going to fix that situation, but it's that stinking thinking that's been passed down from generation to generation to generation to generation. Well, my grandma was broke. I'm going to be broke. My whole family's lived on the backside of the tracks. My family's gone. that that you've got to get the power of God moving in your mind. That said, he has called me to be the head, not the tail, the lender, and not the borrower. 
You see, I, I, and I'm not even on money. I'm, I'm not, that, that's not my whole point. Because people, oh God, I need more money. And in some instances, that would help. But if you paid all, if God paid all your debts right now, just be honest. You're in the house of God. Don't lie. You wouldn't cut that credit card up. Huh? Oh, Lord, if you pay my car, if my house will pay, you go get another one. If God cleared up that, that debt on your credit card, you, you might stay strong for a week, but if you haven't gotten your spending, I'll tell you what, I'm in the Holy Ghost. right. If you ain't got your spending under control, you'll be on a shopping spree two weeks from now, walking into church saying, look how the Lord has blessed me. Lord didn't bless you. Macy's blessed you. Chase Bank blessed you. It really ain't a blessing. You embraced a curse and you heaped it on yourself. So in three months when you can't pay the interest, you're going, God, give me more money. The money ain't the problem. The problem is right here. You think you can only be filled when you got possessions. And God said, I want you to be filled and complete in me. Come on, somebody shout to the Lord right now. Oh, hallelujah. When you go to investors, you got a business idea, you don't just walk in and say, give me the money. You ever talk to investors before? You ever talk to a banker before? Just walk in and say, yeah, I need $32,000. For what? I got an idea. Okay. Well, what is it? I'm going to make money. No, when you talk to a smart investor who's about to give up his money or money on behalf of their entity, you better have all your ducks in a row, all your I's dotted and your T's crossed. Because when you walk in, honey, they're going to do everything but waterboard you. What's your plan? What's the return on my investment? What are you going to do with this? Where's it going to happen? Who's going to be with you? When am I going to get this? How much of this? I need to tap into this much of that and that much of this and da-da-da-da-da. And they'll go, and you'll walk out of there wishing you'd never heard the word money before. Why? Because they realize they're not investing in your business. They're really investing in you. And here you are praying, God bless me. God use me. God. And God's saying, what's the return on my investment? Are you going to squander this? You're just going to let it go? God is saying, you got to change the way you think. You've got to let the power of the thoughts of God get into your life to change you from where you are to what you want him to make you. I feel like there's too much prophetic destiny on this conference for us to just wander into it like it's just another Pentecostal meeting that's going to happen in a few days. We need to walk into this conference saying, no, 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 I'm walking out of here with the fingerprints of God upon my mind. I'm walking out of here with destiny. I'm walking out of here changed. I walked in one way, but I'm walking out another. I believe God's going to anoint those men to speak a word into my life that when I leave there on Sunday, when I step out of that conference, God's going to change my whole perception Amen. Not to just get money. Not for a bigger this. See, you're getting down in that low level gutter of thinking. I'm talking about kingdom vision. I'm talking about seeing into the future. I'm talking about seeing what God wants to do in your life. Because everything you get is because you first thought it. And everything you have is because you thought it. I remember when we were they're dedicating the Bible college in the Philippines. And I stood there and I got emotional. And I cried because the last time I had stood on that property before COVID hit, it was a field of dirt. 
and I was standing in a thought. I was standing in a thought. I was standing, I was standing, and I still have the piece of paper where I had drew it out, and it's a horrible rendering. Amen. I'm not an architect. Where I had drawn it out on the back of a placemat on a tray in a food court in the mall in San Pablo City, Laguna in the Philippines. And there I was. I got emotion. It was a little overwhelming because I'm looking up and I'm walking in. Amen. I walked into a thought. I walked into something that had only been a prayer. That had only been in my mind because I felt God had put it there. Amen. You may look around this building. You may not think much of this building, but you're standing in the thought of people. You're standing in the prayers of people because this building really wasn't even a thought 15 years ago. This building wasn't even a thought really 12 years ago or barely even 10 years ago. And then when we got in at this building, we could hardly imagine what it is right now. But thank God to faithful people in the kingdom of God, they looked around and saw not what it was, but they began to think, we can do better than this. We can make it better than this. And so I'm standing here right now and I'm telling you about the power of a thought. I see another building in this city that's much larger than this. That'll hold more people than this. That will see great harvest and great. To you, it may sound like words, but I'm starting to see the thought that God has given this church. Mm, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. You need to pray over your thoughts. I said you need to pray over your thoughts. You're creative. You're creative. Is this okay today? Good. I, I really, because I, I want to give this to you. You're creative. You want to know why you're creative? Because you were created in the likeness of the creator. And you need to be creative in your prayer. You need to be creative in your faith. Remember, God doesn't give you a finished product. He only gives you the idea of a finished product. I said, God never hands you the finished product. Well, I don't know if y'all gonna help me on this part. God never hands you the husband of your dreams. He gives you the man. He don't give you the woman of your dreams. He gives you the woman. And together, he makes you to be exactly what you invest in them. And they... Amen. People going through divorces, going through marriages, amen. Like they're going through like it's nothing. 20. I mean, they're going through it and it doesn't mean anything to them because it's not what they thought it was. Not what they thought it was. Not what they thought. Well, it's not like the Kardashians and it's not like this one on Facebook. And they're not always taking selfie at a $600 plate. I don't know if they really love me. If they really love me, I'd get that new Denali in the driveway. If they really love me, I'd have this. And I'd have, if they really, and we, we tie love and affection to things that are unattainable. And, and, and we think that it's their fault that they didn't become what I wanted them to be when in actuality we never really gave it the power of thought to say what can I do to help them become what God wants them to be in my life. Quit looking at other people's marriage and say I wish I had his wife. I wish I You better get your mind out of that gutter and you better realize God's given you exactly what you need. You need to invest. You need to pray. Is 
it's okay, Brother Chase, because we, we deal with this stuff now. We were a prominent preacher in L.A. about 18 years ago, got up, divorced his wife in front of the church, pointed at a lady on the front row and said, God told me she's no longer mine, and this lady's mine. No wonder they put jokers like that on TV shows like Preachers of L.A. Where all they do is prostitute the gospel for their own fame. Amen. You want, you want a godly marriage? Put God in your marriage. Invest in it. You want godly children? Well, then quit letting the world identify to your children what success is. Quit propping them in front of a TV and letting the Kardashians raise them. Quit propping them in front of a worldly system that's anti-God and anti-family and letting them mold the mind of your children. Make an investment in your family. Make an investment. Oh, I feel like shouting. Make an investment in your marriage. Make an investment in your children. Because God gives you the thought. He never gives you the finished product. I said he gives you the thought, not the finished product. You need to be creative if you're going to live to your full potential. Because God's not going to give you the finished product. He's going to give you the ingredients. God did not create the telephone. God did not create the computer. I, I, I hope you're getting this. God did not create the automobile. God did not create the chair you're sitting on. God ain't made one chair that I can find. But I'll tell you what he did make. He made the trees. He made the steel. He made the gold. He made the air. He made the water. He made the clay. He made everything else that we use to make what we make today. Amen. God said, I'm going to give you the raw stuff, but you're going to have to think about it. I'm going to give you the ingredients, but you're going to have to put your mind to work. You're going to have to find the blueprint to this. I'll give you an idea. I will show you the finished product. Amen. Moses, I'm going to show you a land that flows with milk and honey, but I'm not going to show you the wilderness. I'm not going to show you the deceit and the betrayal. I'm not going to show you the golden calf. I'm not going to show you all the problems. I'm just going to show you the promised land. Don't you walk out on God because he showed you your promise, but you find yourself stuck in a desert. You need to hold on to that promise and say, God, any way you get me through this, touch my mind, touch my understanding. Because God's not going to give you finished place. God's not going to give you a boat. God's not going to just make you an airplane. He's going to touch your mind. And he's going to give you the raw materials. I'm sorry, I, 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 didn't mean, I guess I didn't mean to go that deep. But you know what this does? This is, this is why this is so unnerving to preach. For me and so unnerving for a lot of people to receive you want to know why it disarms you of your excuses it disarms me of my excuse it takes my ability to blame others it removes that crutch I lean on of everybody else's fault and if I'd have just got the opportunity they got. 
And if I'd have just had their parents, and if I'd have just went to that school, and if I just lived in that, y'all ain't hear me, and if I just lived in that neighborhood, and if I just had that, if I just had that, my life would be a whole lot better off. I'm going to tell you, there's people that's had it a thousand times worse than any of us in this room, and they ended up 10,000 times better than we could have ever imagined. You want to know why? Because they stopped leaning on things for excuses, and they stood up and said, God, touch my mind. God, give me the power of your spirit to help me work through this. Almost done. Brother Lucas, you can come. People are... It's just, I don't know why I'm on this, but I'm going to stick on this, and I'm probably going to end on this. Some of y'all are going to walk here and go, I didn't come to church for a marriage seminar. <laughs> might be the problem. The problem is you might be watching Netflix trying to fix your marriage. Yeah. Problem is you've got pop psychology and hip-hop and, and alternative rock, God forbid, country trying to fix your marriage. <laughs> They say if you play a rock and roll song backwards, it'll worship the devil. That's what they say. I don't know. But I, but I heard if you play a country song backwards, you get your wife, your dog, and your truck back. Marriages just don't stop working. But the guy, they just don't stop working. Oh, hallelujah. Now y'all know why I was nervous. Marriages don't stop working. You know, just 10, 15, 25, 35 years into the marriage, and now you're talking about a divorce. I know people have been married 40 plus years and all of a sudden now, now it's not working. And I will grant you there are some, rare, there are some instances where one person checks out and you can't do nothing about it. I will grant you that. But not at the pandemic rates we're seeing now. You know, it's amazing. People come in, we're sick of each other. We're going to get a divorce. I say, what day did you start getting sick of each other? Well, I don't know. You just tell me one day you just looked at each other and went, yeah, I, I really hate you. You just looked at each other and went, you woke up in the morning and you rolled over and went, ugh. Because before you think you all that in a bag of chips, One time I, I saw a girl that I, I had dated, and I, man, man, she was younger, man. She was the cat's meow. She was it. I saw her a couple years ago, and I went, ooh. <laughs> now I know what Garth meant when he said, sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. 
And as cruel as that sounds, I guarantee you, I guarantee you there's been one, more than one girl looked and saw me and went, ooh, I remember when I thought he was good looking when we were teenagers. I'm so glad I didn't marry him. Can we go deeper than the surface in church today? Can we, can we get down where metal meets bone for just a minute? You just wake up and look at each other. Oh, I hate them. I really got this marriage. What you hate is your inability to step up and fix it. If I get shot, just continue on, okay? Just take the light. Because if you get down to it, most of our issues, we're the issue. I'm sorry, maybe you need to find one of the mother churches where they'll tell you to blame your parents. I'm, I'm not that guy. Because if you don't let the Holy Ghost fix what's in the mirror. And, and by the by, you ain't going to fix nobody that don't want to be fixed. That's why I warn, you know, women are creators. They're creators, man. They create homes. They create family. I, a man's a part of it. I get that. But that women love projects. <laughs> women are project-oriented. My wife's always got a project. I get home from a missions trip, I know I'm walking into something. <laughs> Furniture's going to be rearranged. That, that, that woman can move a piano. I ain't kidding. She just lifts it up. She puts these little slide things under it. Truth be known, I bought them because I got tired of lifting that dumb thing. She'll slide that piano across the house. You've lifted that piano. I have four people to lift that piano. She just slide that thing like it's nothing. I come home and I walk in and go, which room am I living in now? But, but, but few things, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm going to say some stuff. Few things are more frightening than a woman that's given up on a project she knows is beyond her control. So before you hit yourself to that man you think you're going to fix, you better make sure you've got the thought of God in that situation. And men, we're always the knight in shining armor. We need somebody to rescue. Hey, before you climb that tower and fight that fire-breathing dragon, think about it. She may not want to be rescued. I don't get it. People try to tell me that just after all this time of being married, all of a sudden they just, they just don't love each other anymore. You know, one of the root words of love is Tolerance. That would be patience. Patience is a virtue. Patience, you possess your soul. Patience is a gifting. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Oh, God, have mercy. I, I'm tell, I can just feel it right now. I can just feel it. People going, Help me blame them, Pastor. I'm the good one. Then I realized Jesus said, none is good but God. 
and that we all have our scars. Am I helping anybody today? And we all have our hangups. Don't just all of a sudden decide to start hating one another. You let some things get out of control. Some arguments that you just kept quiet about and held on to it. Stewed over it. And everything that person did for the next three years, you just deposited in the bank of bitterness. And then you rolled over and said, this is the day I don't put up with it anymore. And upon the altar of convenience, marriages, relationships, children have been laid up there. How many children have been abandoned by parents that were more interested in partying than parenting? How many tragedies do we hear every year of some heartless, thoughtless mother who leaves her kid in a sweltering car while she goes and parties and they suffocate? So it's not that bad yet is I bought my wife a new car and every time I turn the car off you know what that car does it dings and it says check the back seat that's how bad the society is if you would have went back 150 years ago and told mothers there's going to be a day when they're going to have to invent a computer that will tell you not to forget your children so they don't die in the car they would look at you and say I don't want that kind of technology. I don't want to live in a world where my children are so worthless to me that they're not even a second thought. What are you thinking right now? Are you thinking this is it? This is the best it'll be? I've already hit the apex and on my way down and life is just, or... Is the Holy Ghost stirring something in you today? Say, you know what? I think I'm going to take control of what happens here. I close with this. Paul warned the church that in the last days there was going to be warfare. Now we know that in the early church they were sawn asunder, they were burned alive, they were fed to animals. They were pulled apart. The most hideous ways of death. The early church suffered that. But Paul prophetically wrote to the church and said, there's an attack. So I need you to put on the helmet of salvation. The early church suffered the physical attacks. We're suffering the spiritual attacks. Don't you think you can live one day without putting on that helmet to protect your thoughts? Don't think, don't, oh man, I've, I've got to stop. I've got to, my timers told me I've got, to, I've got to stop. Don't think you can bypass your convictions to be entertained by something.
I don't even know if I should say the next part. I know some of you are clapping, but you'll go home and watch R-rated movies. You laughed with me about the Kardashians, but you'll be entertained by reality junk like that. That's not affecting me, Pastor. Look around. Days like this, I miss that big wooden pulpit. I could just duck down behind it. My God, I can't believe he's talking about moving. Yeah. 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 Because you can't even afford to lay your helmet down when you get home. How many of my marriages I've seen fall apart, and when you got down to the root of the issue, they said it started here. I thought they were against me. I thought they didn't love me. I thought they didn't care about me. Oh, God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. How many children have I seen run off and turn to drugs and turn into all kinds of life because they would say, I, didn't, my, I don't think my parents love me. I don't think my parents care. I don't think my parents were there. I didn't think, I didn't think, I didn't think, I didn't think. You know what happened? They just laid down the helmet for a moment. Said, it's okay, I'm home. I don't need this. I'm safe here. Well, that's the very place you ought to buckle that chin strap one notch tighter and say, as for me and my house, Paul told him in Ephesians, put on the whole armor of God. He said, but before you put on anything, you put on the helmet. Because in the process of putting on other pieces of armor, you're, they're going to take headshots at you. So the most important, you can't put on, you can't put on your boots. You can't put on the breastplate of righteousness. You can't shod your feet. You can't grab the sword and the spear if you just took a headshot. So put on the helmet first. Cover your head. Oh, I feel him in this place. Would you stand with me today? Listen. I meant to preach. I didn't mean to meddle. I told you the church I was preaching at back home and somewhere in the deep south. And I was preaching at a church where I was the only one of the Caucasian persuasion. And I started preaching. One of the old ladies on the motherboard hollered out and said, because it got, I hit something, it got tight. And she said, walk on down that road, baby. Walk on down that road. And I thought, I thought if mother said walk on down, I'm going to walk on down that road. I said, I'm going to JJ walk up that road, man. I'll George Jefferson walk. I'm moving on up, man. I'll, I'll walk. So, man, I got to preaching. Whoo, man, I hit some stuff. You could tell the Holy Ghost hit some stuff. And I'm telling you, it, it got so quiet, you could hear a rat licking ice. I'm it was quiet. And I could, I could feel it, man. I could feel it. And old, old mother over there had been saying, walk on down that road, baby. Walk on down that road. All of a sudden, she went, you meddling now, child. You meddling now. <laughs> So I know I did a little walking and a little meddling. But what do we want? 
Do we want to be made comfortable or conformable? That was my other alternate title. Do you want to be made comfortable or conformable? Because the writer said he's trying to make us conformable even unto his death. So we are conformed into his image and into his likeness. So maybe this was for everybody. Maybe this was for nobody. Maybe this was just for me. But you can't shout your way to the power of a thought. And you can't dance your way to the power of the thought. You can only surrender your way till his thought becomes my thought. Some of you are so convinced that God gets pleasure when you fall. You are so wrong. Some of you think, I felt this way growing up. I just thought God was waiting on me to slip up. I'm telling you, Man, they preached that hell so hot it'd melt the rubber off your tennis shoes. I just thought God was waiting on me to mess up. Had a ball bat in one hand, a bolt of lightning in the other, and he was just waiting. Think that wrong thing. I'm about to zap you. I don't like you anyway. I didn't like your daddy. I don't like his daddy. I thought he was just waiting to take me out. And I found out that's not how God is. Then I read that scripture, and all of a sudden it made sense that he's not willing that any should perish, meaning he would go to the ends of the earth to stop you, or at least to give you a way out as brother Chase said making a way of escape for you all of a sudden it dawned on me he's not invested in my failure he's invested in me close your eyes for just a moment I feel a deep touch of the Holy Ghost listen keep your eyes closed I want to say something to you right from the word of God He says, I know the plans I have. I know the thoughts I think towards you. Plans of good, thoughts of good and not of evil. I'm telling somebody, God's thinking about you. Oh, and there's power in the thought of God. Now, would you reach those hands to heaven and say, God... Help me yield to your thoughts till your thoughts become my thoughts. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. You don't got to be what they said that you have to be. Just because it failed for them doesn't mean it's going to fail for you. You can be a better mother than what you had. A better father than what you had. You can be a better parent than you were parented. You can have the... You can have the life that God has promised you. I'm telling you, God has redirected this today. Amen. He's wanting somebody to change their way of thinking, to get the power of the Holy Ghost in your mind. As a man thinketh, so is he. Your thoughts have enough power to condemn you. Your power, your thoughts have enough power to curse you. But your thoughts also have enough power in God to lift you up out of that and to turn that situation around. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. That's it. Stretch those hands up for a moment. Stretch those hands up and say, God, let this mind be in me, which was also in you, Lord. Touch my thoughts. Touch my understanding. Lord, curse that curse that was put on me. Cut away the bindings from around my mentality. Cut away the bindings from around my heart and my spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Yes. 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 There's, I feel victory, deep victory in this place. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus, yes. Yes, let that victory be in you. Let that victory be in you. In the name of Jesus, you can rise above that. God has called you above that. Amen. I got a feeling that God's reaching more than just five or six people in this place. I got a feeling that God's calling all his children to come on up a little bit higher. To become what he's calling you to be. To walk in his plan. And to walk in his purpose. To reflect his glory. To reflect his grace. Come on, that's it. In the name of Jesus. Yes, I want to open these altars for anybody right now that says, Oh God, I want you to do that work in me today. In the name of Jesus, I believe you can turn it around in me today. Hallelujah. Who wants to go to that next level? Who wants to go to that next level? Who wants God to shift that, to turn that around? Come on, prepare yourself for it. You're preparing yourself for what God's going to do this week in this conference. You're preparing your heart, your spirit, and your mind right now. In the name of Jesus. Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.